0: For every feast, the Orthodox Church has special readings. For most of those feasts, the reading tells the story of the feast. For example, at Christmas, we hear the story of Jesus' birth. At Pascha, we hear about Jesus' death and resurrection. But for the Feast of the Dormition, what we celebrate is the death of the Virgin Mary. And that story does not appear in the Bible. So what do we read instead? will soon see that the reading the Church selects actually talks about a different Mary and has nothing to do with death. So what's going on? Why did the Church select these particular readings? The bottom line? Trust in God is the key to it all. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Father Dustin. This past Sunday, we celebrated the feast of the Dormition of the Mother of God. In the West, this feast is known as the Assumption. Simply put, this feast celebrates the falling asleep, or death, of Christ's Mother. While there are slight differences in theology for this feast between the Western Church and the Eastern Church, I'm not interested in any of that at least not for this podcast. Instead, what I'm interested in are the readings that the Orthodox Church selects for this feast. For other feasts, as I said before, such as Christmas, Theophany, Annunciation, Pascha, Ascension, Pentecost, and the Transfiguration, the story appears in Scripture. So the readings for those feasts are simply the story from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. However, there's no story in the Bible for the birth of the Virgin Mary, her entrance into the temple as a young girl, or her death. So, for scriptural readings for those feasts, the Church is in a position of having to select the passage that is somehow relevant to the feast. For the death of the Theotokos, what did the Church select? Well, for the Epistle reading at Liturgy, we read a passage from Philippians. And the Gospel and Liturgy, we read a passage from Luke, but it's a very interesting passage. Let's read the passage from Philippians first, and then we'll take a look at what's going on in the Lucan passage. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave of God the Father. That's from Philippians 2 5 through 11. I imagine all of you are familiar with this passage, but why would the church choose this passage to read for a feast of the Theotokos? Or to think about it another way, what is the church trying to tell us about the feast of the Dormition with this particular passage? Good question. But before we start to explore that, let's take a look at the Gospel reading as well and see what we can say about these passages when hearing them back-to-back, as we would in liturgy. This is Luke 10, 38-42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what He was saying. Now, for those of you who are very attentive listeners, you're probably thinking, yes, this was the reading at Dormition, but that's not how it ended. Well, if you're thinking that, you're absolutely correct. This passage from chapter 10 ends with verse 42. But when we read this at liturgy, the reading includes verses 27 and 28 from chapter 11, making it sound as if it's one complete passage, when, in reality, they are two different stories in the Gospel of Luke. Here's those extra two verses at the end of the Gospel reading for the Feast of Dormition. While he was saying this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. But Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Interesting. So what's going on? I think to understand these passages, which are really three passages, one from Philippians and two from Luke, you have to step back and look at the meaning of the Feast of the Dormition from the perspective of the Theotokos' entire life. According to tradition, the Theotokos was born to Joachim and Anna, who were barren. The story of a barren woman is a very familiar one to Bible readers. It's all over the Bible, going all the way back to Abraham and Sarah. As we know, Joachim and Anna prayed to God that he would bless them with a baby girl. And he did. The Virgin Mary. This sounds like a very nice ending to the story. The couple who so desperately wanted a baby finally were blessed with one. And if this were a Hollywood movie, that's how the ending would be. But this isn't Hollywood, and so the story continues. Now, I want you to think first. If you had been Joachim and Anna, and you had struggled with infertility for years and years, and then finally God gifts you with a child, what would you do? You'd probably throw a party and fill your social media pages with millions of photos of your miracle baby. You might work as hard as you can to give your child the best in life. You might even spoil the child a bit. After all, you know what disappointment is all about, and it's no fun. Well, now, what do you think Joachim and Anna did? Well, they didn't have social media, or even cameras for that matter, so they didn't fill Facebook and Instagram with photos of Mary. Instead, they dedicated her to God. They brought her to the Jerusalem temple so that she could live there and be brought up not by them, but by the priests. Can you imagine? You finally have your miracle baby, and you give her away? In some ways, this might echo the sacrifice of Isaac by Abraham. Abraham was finally blessed with a son, but what does God ask him to do? Sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham was willing to do it. This whole thing might sound strange to us. It might even sound barbaric. But we're called to struggle with stories like this in order to deepen our relationship with God. In the case of Abraham, he was demonstrating faith. It makes even more sense if you translate faith as trust. Abraham was demonstrating trust in God. Trust that everything would be okay. Trust that God was fully in control even when the demand seemed strange, confusing, or even barbaric and that trust paid off. Abraham was not actually required to sacrifice Isaac, and everything was okay in the end. Here too, Joachim and Anna, they were demonstrating trust. They were finally given a child, and they give it back to God in faith. Now, fast forward a few years into the life of the Theotokos. She's now a young woman. Well, in our culture, probably she would be what we would call a teenager perhaps around the age of 13. She's now engaged to a man named Joseph. Again, this sounds barbaric to us, but in this time and in this culture, this was quite common. Many people didn't live past the age of 30, so it was common to marry extremely young to begin your family. So Mary is engaged. And then, before the wedding could even happen, an angel appears to her and asks if she's willing to become pregnant and birth the Son of God. Okay, set aside the whole Son of God bit for a moment. Just think about what it would mean for a young girl in this culture to be pregnant before her wedding day. And as far as Joseph could tell, pregnant with someone else's baby. The implication is that Mary was no longer a virgin. She had committed adultery. This would have brought a ton of shame upon Mary and her family especially her father Joachim. And with shame like this, the solution would have been death. It would have been perfectly acceptable to stone Mary for being pregnant before her wedding day. And, on top of all this, Mary would have known all of this. She would have known about the shame she would bring to her family. She would have known that saying yes to the angel Gabriel, saying yes to God, could possibly end with her death. So, imagine the courage it would have taken to say yes to God's plan. Imagine this young, inexperienced girl who has no status in society being able to say yes and accept the consequences. But I think she knew she was saying yes to God. And in doing so, she, like Abraham, was demonstrating a huge amount of trust, faith in the fullest sense. The rest of her life plays out with the same sort of trust that was demonstrated by her parents and then by her as a young woman. When we get to her falling asleep, her dormition, the icon says it all. In the icon we see the departed Theotokos lying on the funeral bier. But then we see Jesus standing behind it with a baby in his hands. That baby, who is wrapped in a burial shroud, represents the transfigured and resurrected Theotokos. In other words, the meaning of this icon, with two Marys depicted, one departed and one reborn, tells us that it's our trust in God that gives us life. It's faith that sustains us. If we wanted to, we could summarize the Theotokos' entire life in one word. Faith. She becomes the mother of us all and shows us what it means to live as a Christian, what it means to live a life that's given over to God in complete trust. And in her Dormition, she shows us that this lifestyle, walking the way, is the fountain of life we're all searching for. Okay, with all of that in mind, back to the Gospel passage. The Gospel tells the story of Mary and Martha. And by the way, This Mary is not the Theotokos. It's a different Mary, but that's okay. I think the Church chose it because of her name, but it also goes with the story. Anyway, Luke tells the story of these two women. Martha was distracted by many tasks. Many times we want to say that she was working to serve Christ and the disciples in her own way. But the Gospel doesn't say that. It says she was distracted, which is what happens to all of us we all get distracted by the cares of this world and often forget to walk the way that's shown to us by Christ in the Gospels. But Mary, unlike Martha, does not get distracted. She sits at Jesus's feet. In other words, instead of being distracted by the things of this world, where her next meal was going to come from, what people would think of her sitting next to a man, or how she was going to pay for her daily living expenses, she puts her trust in God that everything will be okay. She trusts God, that His teaching is life-giving and worth walking the way. And Jesus says that she has chosen the better part. Those added two verses from the next chapter reinforce all of this. It says that the woman in the crowd wanted to bless Jesus' mother, but Jesus responds. We shouldn't be distracted by admiring people of faith. Instead, we should imitate them and actually walk the way ourselves. We should also put our trust in God. And so Jesus replies, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. In other words, walk the way. The reading from Philippians also reinforces all of this. Paul begins by saying, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. In other words, we should imitate Christ, do as he did. To live your life as Christ lived his life is to have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. And what sort of life does Paul recount? He says that Jesus humbled himself, became a slave, and willingly died on the cross. In other words, Jesus' life was a yes to God, just as the Theotokos' life was a yes to God. Jesus didn't shy away from pain and suffering. He trusted God that even when humanity did its worst to Him, everything would be okay. And, in the end, it was. Because Jesus willingly went to the cross, Paul says that God exalted Jesus, and now every knee bends to His name, and this is all for the glory of God. Of God. In other words, Jesus was right to have faith in God, right to trust Him. And if trust was good enough for Christ, it should be good enough for us too. So, why these readings for the Feast of Dormition? Because the life of the Theotokos is a life that demonstrates great trust and faith, and her death shows us the rewards of this. These passages from Luke and Philippians reinforce this idea that our faith should lead us to walk the way. So, the only question is, how will you walk the way today and demonstrate your faith in God? Until next time, God bless.